0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: We are Unsportsmanlike on, on ESPN Radio. Presented by out. Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You can watch us on ESPN2, listen to us on all the great ESPN stations across the country. Sirius XM 80 ESPN app. You can tune in for a football doubleheader Sunday, Packers, Chargers, Jets, Bills. Coverage begins noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations on the day after the Baltimore Ravens beat the Cincinnati Bengals last night, 34-20 story of the game. Yes, Baltimore looking amazing and winning that game, but they lose Mark Andrews to an ankle injury, their star tight end for the rest of the season and to be determined the health of Joe Burrow wrist injury second quarter leaves the game Jake Browning comes in to replace him Cincinnati now drops to 4 and 4 on the excuse me 5 and 5 in the season CC has said it's over it's done you cannot expect to win to make the playoffs at 5 and 5 without your starting quarterback and who knows if Joe Burrow is going to be out I mentioned the Bills playing against the Jets this weekend a game you'll hear here on ESPN radio and I'm not sure what's going on in Buffalo I don't know if they are um, taking in maybe what Andre 3000 took in for the flute album. But uh, they are saying things that make you scratch your head. Their new offensive coordinator is Joe Brady. He commented on his quarterback yesterday.
2: Give me Josh
3: Allen all day, every day. I'm not worried about it. When I look in his eyes before every game, there's not a worry in my mind. And I guarantee you that's the same mindset of everybody in this locker room. I believe Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the NFL. It excites me that I get an opportunity to call plays with him because I know I feel like you can look down at the play call and whatever you call Josh Allen is going to find a way to make it work. And uh, there's a lot of confidence in that.
1: I'm sorry, what? He's the best quarterback in the NFL?
2: That's what he's got to say, though. He's his coach. Of course. Is he not supposed to say that?
4: I Is he supposed to come that and be like, you know <laughs> that's what? That's a I... great
2: point. That's a great point. Who asked that's him? That, that's you know a great what, point. Nobody send... asked you that, dog.
4: <laughs> but he's sending a message to his quarterback through the media that I believe in you, and I'm going to tell everybody how much I believe in you. And I think if you're Josh <laughs> Allen, coming off of the situation that, yes, it's your own making, but coming off of this situation that you're in right now, it must be nice to have somebody in the building gas you up like that.
2: Maybe that's the problem, though. Maybe they've been gassing him up too much, which has got him out there playing hero ball and thinking that he should make some throws that he shouldn't, putting the ball in harm's way. I mean, that's one of the first things that you should do with the quarterback job. I mean, Tom Brady talks about it. Do no harm. Like, avoid avoid the turnover-worthy plays. Mitigate risk. A part of the quarterback job is mitigating risk, and Josh Allen doesn't do that nearly enough. You're talking about a player that led the league in turnovers last year 23 turnovers in 19 games last year and is on his way to leading the league again this year. Something about that has to change if the Buffalo Bills are going to want to get where they want to go. I can't remember the last player that led the league in turnovers in back-to-back years. Something about that has to change. And until it does, the fortunes of the Buffalo Bills won't change. But for Joe Brady to sit up there and say, Josh Allen's the best quarterback (laughs) in in the NFL, and when I look into his eyes, I don't have any worry because he's going to make it work. How in the world can you say that in good conscience (laughs) when you got the job because the dude that had the job got fired? Because of the turnovers from Josh Allen, yeah. I don't
4: understand. Make it make sense, Smalls. He's looking into his eyes and saying, "I believe in you." And he's white knuckling it on right. the table right. I'm you. The But I say that it's good that he's gassing up his quarterback publicly. Cece said it's too much gas. Evan, what is the appropriate amount of gas surrounding Josh Allen?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> the appropriate <laughs> the amount, amount of gas.
5: Of gas.
4: <laughs> I say it's good to gas him up. He's lost his confidence now in the
1: car. What are we talking about exactly? So I think hyping that- him up. Okay. I think that when you look at this, if he was asked who's the best quarterback in the league and he wants to say that, fine. My guesstimation is that Joe Brady was asked the question about do you believe in your quarterback still? And he said, I believe he's the best quarterback in the league. By the way, let me add something to this story, the Joe Brady background that people may not off the cuff know. He was Joe Burrow's passing coordinator at LSU. Mm-hmm. He's coached a quarterback better than the
2: quarterback he's coaching right now. So what are we? A quarterback that led his team to a win over the Buffalo Bills two weeks ago. And I may take him with the wrist (laughs) injury. Two weeks weeks ago. ago. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go hyperbole
1: (laughs) over everything here. Is Josh Allen closer to the worst quarterback in the league or the best quarterback in the league? The
4: best. He's closer to the okay. best. Look at some of the all guys right, that are right. playing quarterback. That's I agree. Okay, I agree. Look at some Is of the guys. Josh Allen,
2: the Allen. right now. Is Josh yeah, it's Allen right. Josh Allen York Giants. All right. Five.
4: All right. I did it on Jake, purpose. Dick Browning, DTR. I mean, come on. This has been oh, a very yeah. unusual year with the injuries to the quarterback. Position. Is he
2: closer to one or 16? One. Ooh.
4: I think one still. Ooh, 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 ooh.
2: That that is an interesting question cuz now you're asking is he a top 7 or 8 quarterback. With all of the turnovers, I don't know. And that's the sad state of affairs with Josh Allen. 3 years ago, the 2020 season, you couldn't have told me that it wasn't going to be him and Mahomes as the next Brady Manning in the AFC, but it's it's not. not I, mean, I, I mean, it's Pat Mahomes and everybody else. It's not Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow. It's not Pat oh, Mahomes really? and Lamar Jackson. It's not Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. It's just not. Pat Mahomes is head and shoulders above everybody else. So if we're going to view Josh Allen through that lens, he's not going to come close, which is probably why Joe Brady should avoid saying things like Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL. But at the same time, I think this false sense of security and not having a more firm identity around the offense has led to them enabling Josh Allen in a way that that allows for him to play a style of football where he turns it over so much, where he's loose and fast. Again, we keep talking about the turnovers and how it it limits the amount of possessions that the offense has, how it decreases the margin of error on the offensive side of the ball, how it decreases the margin of error for your team overall because of the pressure that it puts on the defense. Until Josh Allen stops giving away the football, the Buffalo Bills are always going to be one of those teams that fall short of the expectations based on the talent that they have.
1: Okay, so that was one piece of audio that made me a head-scratcher. You thought I was done? Y'all thought I was finished? Uh, Sean McDermott's the head. I have two more to give you guys with the Bills in terms of head-scratchers. Sean McDermott on the coaching change with the pressure now on Josh Allen.
6: It just felt like it was, it was time for change. You know, we need to be a confident offensive football team and, and, and find consistent production. And, you know, this was the right time. Always want to try and do what's best for the team. And I felt like this was needed right now. And this decision was made by me and me alone. Beyond that, it's, it's Josh's responsibility and job to, to come out and help Coach Brady, for, you know, formulate the game plan and, and then come out and execute the game plan and take care of the football and, and lead our offense more than anything.
1: So now we have the quarterback formulating the game plan. The game plan that he's helped formulate for how long that, that allows the ball to be thrown to the other team? We're not going to have
2: somebody else maybe do this? Yeah, Josh Allen, it's less say, not more safe for Josh Allen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't, I don't need you more involved. <laughs> less involved. I need you to do what the hell we tell you to do. Exactly Because right. you've been trying to do it your way the last couple of years, and what has it gotten us? I mean, th- think about it. Each season, it's gotten progressively worse. You were in the AFC title game in 2020. Okay, cool. You lost in a shootout in Arrowhead in 21. All right, understood it. You got the doors blown off you at home last year in the divisional round against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's getting worse. And now you're probably going to be on the outside looking into the playoffs. There are five teams in the AFC that have five wins. Uh, Of those teams fighting for that last wild card spot with the Houston Texans, I I just – I have zero confidence that it's ultimately going to be the Buffalo Bills, but if Josh Allen is the best quarterback in football according to Joe Brady, <laughs> then 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 it should be a no-brainer. They should be a lock for one of those wild card spots, but I, they're not. Yep. So I mean, I I I can understand why they made a change on the coaching staff. Sometimes you got to shoot a hostage. You got to hold somebody <laughs> oh, accountable. Oh, but 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 I don't understand why it ends up being the offensive coordinator. Because the offensive coordinator wasn't why you lost the game on Monday night to the Denver Broncos.
1: Okay, so all those, again, head scratchers. I think the next one is the biggest head scratcher of the bunch. Steph Diggs spoke with the media yesterday. <laughs> Reminder, his brother, Trevon Diggs, Cowboys injured, great player, but banged up this year. Tweeting like crazy about you know his brother getting up and out of there and blaming Josh Allen, etc. Here's what Steph Diggs had to say yesterday.
7: If it was another fan or anybody else that commented on the game, y'all wouldn't have said that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just happened to be that it's my brother. But for me, I'm like, all right, you're asking me how my brother feels, you know what I'm saying? You got to ask my brother how he feels about it. But for me, more so, I want to put more emphasis on when you put me in a space of answering questions as to how somebody else feels, I can't do that, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, uh, the snowball effect of people having comments or, like, uh, I think somebody did an interview about how my brother feels and... That's my family. I'm saying? I go to bat for my family 100%. I can't ask the questions as to why he feels about this, that, and the third in the game. I'm saying? I haven't had that personal conversation with him. My brother's uh, watching football right now. He's not playing too much. So obviously he's coming from more of a fan perspective. But that is my family. So I handle my family with the utmost respect. And I always hope that people treat it that way. So when people speak of my family, have a level of integrity as well. Because I feel like if it was another family member or it was somebody else, you know, obviously people kind of handle things however they want. But... Uh, tread lightly when you talking about my family. You know?
1: All right, so let me just understand something. Steph Diggs wants to point out that we're only asking questions about the tweets because it's his brother. You mean we care more about his brother in the NFL than Bob the Bills fan seventeen on Twitter? Of course, we're asking questions. <laughs> what? Obviously, your brother is a high-level, excellent NFL player who's saying that you got to get up out of there. You're right. If Bob the Builder or Bob the Bills fan 17 said that, we would not ask you questions about that.
2: What? Somewhere in that word salad, he said, I'm going to be professional, and I've never talked about anything other than being here in Buffalo. But we heard reports after the playoff loss to the Cincinnati Bengals last year that Steph Diggs wasn't happy. Stephen A. We know that he was at odds with Sean McDermott. Mm-hmm. We know that there was some friction between him and Josh Allen. I think he only got four catches in that game against the Bengals, and he's the best player on the offensive side of the ball not named Josh Allen, so it didn't make sense. So all of, all of the questions, all, all of – the, the interest is along those lines. So it's not as if the media is just, you know, snatching something out of thin air. They're literally asking about the frustrations that they're seeing from the people on the offensive side of the ball, the frustrations in the offense that led to them firing Ken Dorsey, and now the lack of overall team success and how Steph feels about that. Like So, I, again, the team feels like it's regressing, it's not moving forward. This was a problem between him and Josh Allen Going back to last year, how do you feel about it now? That's where the line of questioning is coming sure. from, and I didn't hear anything in that soundbite that sounded remotely like a vote of confidence for Josh Allen. No, so not- Smalls,
1: Smalls yes. which one so is the sometimes most ridiculous?
2: It, sometimes it's more about what you don't say than what you do say. Yeah. And yeah. to me, not giving a vote to Josh Allen speaks volumes from Steph Diggs. So you've got Joe Brady saying he's the
1: best quarterback in the league. Okay. Sean McDermott basically oh, wanting him to game plan for, for the Jets. Or uh, Steph Diggs pointing out that we only care about the tweet because it's his brother who's an NFL player. Which one is the most ridiculous from the Bills yesterday? All
4: right. I'm going to absolve Steph Diggs because when it comes to family, okay, it's fine. very difficult. Things get dicey. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Fair. It's, it's a very delicate line to walk. Fine. You know, you don't want to mess with family. So I'm going to remove that one. And I think, guys, I'm even going to... I'm going to take Joe Brady off the board, too, just because I imagine that his quarterback might have lost some confidence. So I think he's trying to do the best he can to publicly give some of that back to him. But what is Sean McDermott doing saying Joe, that Josh Allen's going to be able to have more of a say in the game plan? Yeah, I, That that I can't understand. I can't rationalize. And I don't think should be part of the conversation at all.
1: Cece, which one's the most ridiculous <laughs>
2: I think all of it's ridiculous, personally. <laughs> but, I mean, listen, I, I just, the guy, first of all, the guy that needs the quarterback in order to do his job, Steph Diggs, didn't give him the vote of confidence in that whole word salad statement that he made to the media. <laughs> so there's, there's that part. But I'm with Smalls, like family is family. Like I don't want to go too far in the weeds with that one. Joe Brady saying Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the league after the offensive fi- – first of all, the offensive coordinator doesn't get fired if Josh Allen is playing like the best quarterback in the Absolutely league. Absolutely not. So, 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 right, so, you like, don't have the opportunity to
1: speak if he's the best quarterback in the league. That's ridiculous
2: in, in its own right. But Sean McDermott saying that Josh Allen is going to have more say, that just lets me – that lets me know that his fate is sealed. He's going to get fired. He's going down with the Josh Allen ship, and he's saying, you know what? If it's going to happen, then it's going to happen because I'm going to let this guy do his thing. And if it doesn't work out, maybe I can still get a head coaching job because everybody in the Nas- National Football League will see that my quarterback can't be fixed with all of the turnovers. Yeah. Maybe just maybe. Coming
1: up, we'll get the latest on Joe Burrow's injury next. It's on Like ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and the water. See how much you can save. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. with Michelle Smolman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. With you, joined in studio, Dan Graziano, ESPN, hey, NFL. Hey, Hi. Hi. Uh, after, Happy Friday. Uh,
6: Happy Friday.
1: After a big Baltimore win over Cincinnati last night, 34-20,
6: did Joe Burrow... It doesn't feel like the story. Yeah, did Joe Burrow yeah. get injured last night, or did he
1: re-aggravate an injury last this night? This
6: is the question, right? And mm. I think the NFL will be interested to find this out, right? Like because the injury reporting guidelines are are supposed to be adhered to, and and if the Bengals are found to have not adhered to them, then then they could be facing a fine. So we'll find that out. Look, obviously everybody's seen the shot of him coming off uh, off the plane or the bus or whatever with the thing on his hand. I think the Bengals pushback if they are accused of this would be like, like he was fine. Like until he landed on it in the game, like it wasn't affecting him. So so we'll see. I mean, it's tricky, right? Because like they didn't really have practices this week. Just walkthroughs and simulated injury reports and all that kind of stuff. So like to what extent they needed to to report anything, we'll we'll find out. But you know, everybody's just waking up obviously and uh I think this is a story we haven't heard the last of.
2: Absolutely, and on the other side of it, the Baltimore Ravens get a huge win in a short week, but they lose Mark Andrews. I know, yeah. Any word on what's going on and with that? It's, it, John Harbaugh sound very pessimistic yes. about Mark Andrews' status for the remainder of the season. Yeah,
6: to the point where he said it, it looks like he'll miss the remainder of the season, and, and obviously massive blow to the Ravens' offense because he is the go-to guy in the passing game, so now what, you have Lamar Jackson's going to have to find some other go-to guys, and he seemed like he was pretty comfortable throwing it to Odell Beckham last night. So, assuming Odell's shoulder injury that he picked up late in the game. Man, it's a rough Thursday night, right, yeah. for injuries? Yep. Um,
1: and Lamar was banged up, too. Lamar already, was yeah.
6: banged up. Bengals lost a couple guys on defense in that game. Like, it, it was rough. Um, so, you know, the rookies, A. Flowers. Odell, if he can stay healthy, you know, like, they'll, they're going to have to find some more, you know. Isaiah Likely, the young tight end. Like, he's a Good. guy that, that has a lot of talent mm-hmm. that they like a lot. So, but... You know, you, you you need your reliable guy, and there's no more reliable guy for Lamar Jackson in his whole career than Mark Andrews. So it'll be a big adjustment for him.
4: Dan, we just did a segment where we played a bunch of different sound bites coming out of Buffalo in the wake of Ken Dorsey losing <laughs> his job. So Joe Brady is is saying that Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the <laughs> league. <laughs> um, Sean McDermott is saying that uh, Josh Allen is going to get more of a say in the game plan. Steph Diggs oh, is this kind of... one less guy. Yeah, yeah.
6: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Steph Diggs is kind of
4: dancing around his brother's tweets, but right. as you diagnose the situation in Buffalo, do you think that there's a chance that they could turn it around? Well, yeah, they have
6: the talent to turn it around. Josh Allen is that good. I mean, is he the best quarterback in the league? We can debate it, but if you're if you're on his coaching staff, you have the right to believe that, and there are times, there are certainly weeks and months where he is, right? The best quarterback in the league. So, uh, they have that ability. I just think the injuries on defense, like the number of guys, significant guys they're missing on defense. When you talk about guys like Tredavious White and Matt Milano who are not coming back, I just think it's going to be too much to overcome. And and there's so much going on there. Like, you know, remember, Leslie Frazier leaves, and so Sean McDermott, the head coach, is now calling the defense. And is that... Is that making it harder for him to do the head coach job that he did so well for so long? And So
2: that's why there were 12 men on the field. For are there the, offensive for, for players the that goal. feel
6: like they're not getting enough attention? Like there's, there's a lot going on okay. there for a, for a team and an organization that's been so rock solid and so good for a half decade plus. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a big story to watch because if they don't turn it around, you know, you do wonder like about windows closing and what kind of changes get made there.
1: Talk with Dan Graziano, of course, ESPN NFL reporter. You'll see him on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan, what if Dorian Thompson Robinson's
6: good? Well, that would be great for the Cleveland Browns, wouldn't it? Like, look, I, 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 you have you you have coaching staffs whose job it is to develop these guys behind the scenes, so. If Dorian Thompson Robinson is better than he was in week, was it four? Week four when he started. Yeah, week four. Yep. Then good. Then that's then somebody's doing their job there, right? Like he's supposed to be better now than he was uh, a month and a half ago. So, uh, yeah, if he's if he's if he's do no harm level of good, then they have a chance to stay in it with that defense and that running game. I, I think they can scheme up a run game to score enough points. You know, to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is not a ton of points. You don't necessarily need a ton of points to beat the Steelers, even though people seem to be having a hard time coming up with that number. But uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think it says a lot that they're going to him instead of PJ Walker, who's kind of the known commodity, uh, because I think it, it tells us they they see something in Dorian Thompson Robinson that that might be extra. Maybe he adds to the run game, right? Because of his ability to, to, to run. Maybe they're going to lean on the run. So having a quarterback who can do that matters. So, yeah, we'll see. It's um, it's going to be tough, but they can win with defense.
2: Dan, another AFC team that's in the hunt for the playoffs is the Las Vegas Raiders. I know you're yeah. covering Raiders-Dolphins this weekend. We were kicking around the idea of Antonio Pierce potentially winning the head coaching right. job and its permanency if he gets a signature win on the road this weekend. Is that a possibility? Could this be one of those moments with the franchise this game that sells Mark Davis on AP being his head coach moving forward? Well, in
6: theory, but they can't really do anything uh, legally until after the season anyway. You have to you have to sure, open the process, a job and yeah. interview people and everything like that. So, so even if Mark Davis were to feel that good after Sunday, there's still a couple of months left, right? <laughs> to, to, sure, of course. To yeah. sort of potentially undo that. So I think we have to see. But... I think it's interesting because Davis went through this two years ago with an interim head coach that took over in the middle of the season and got the team to the playoffs. And then he decided not to keep him. So if this team can get into the playoffs and plays hard and plays well for Antonio Pierce, does Davis say, well, I don't want to repeat the same mistake. They're responding to him. Maybe we should just go with him. a A lot of different ways this can still go. But uh fascinated to see if the Raiders can keep up with the Dolphins in Miami on Sunday.
4: Dan, a massive matchup on Monday night football between the Chiefs and I've the Eagles. Of, yeah. A win would mean more to which team? I think
6: I think a win means more to the Chiefs. I'm sorry. I was just talking about like you can't put our 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 uh, network on and w oh, right? <laughs> without hearing about that game, which is great. I mean it's a huge game. I think it means more to the Chiefs because I think the Eagles are in good shape. Uh yes, the Cowboys can mathematically catch them for the division, but you know, I, I think there's more frenzied competition for those top spots in the AFC right now. Mm -hmm. And I think having the home game and having the bye matters an awful lot uh, to Kansas still to anybody. But I think, you know, the Eagles probably have more margin for error in pursuing that in the NFC than the chiefs do in the AFC, just because of the competition. So I think it matters more. And, and I also think, you know, the chiefs have to get the offense going. The Eagles to some extent do, but their offense, even though it may not look like last year's looks a lot better than the chiefs has. So I think we'll see what they got coming out of the bye and, and, and what they're doing to kind of juice things on offense.
1: Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter, will be on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern. He'll be covering the Raiders and Dolphins this weekend. We appreciate your time, as always, and we will talk to you next week, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up, the AFC playoff picture got a lot more interesting last night with an injury to Joe Burrow. We will get into that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio.
4: Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world.
1: We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, all of the great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM 80 ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to get your phone calls in on the Jim Harbaugh suspension at 888-SAY-ESPN, that's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. 729 and the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. Who had a better day yesterday, Harbaugh and Michigan, or the Big Ten, and your reaction to Harbaugh basically saying, all right, I'll take the suspension, I'll come back in three games. But first, we had a big injury last night, obviously, in the NFL with Joe Burrow getting hurt with that wrist injury. Dan Graziano, NFL reporter, just joined us moments ago. If you missed that, you can listen back to our podcast, wherever podcasts are found, including the ESPN app. And you look at Cincinnati as a 5-win team, having no idea Burrow's status now moving forward. And we have Houston in the seventh seed as a 5-win team. Indy in the 8th seed as a 5-win team. The Raiders in the nine seed, 5-win team. Bengals 10, 5-win team. Buffalo 11, 5-win team. If I told you one of those teams make the playoffs, which one are you picking?
2: Oh, the Texans. Yep. I'm going with the Texans. I mean, their remaining strength of schedule is, 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 is one of the easiest of the, all the teams that you're outlined. They have the 29th ranked remaining strength of schedule. And the teams that they play that are 500 or better, the Colts. Question that quarterback, Cardinal Minshew, has played well, but he's still a backup. The Browns, DTR, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's it. They already beat the Jags. So, I mean, think about it. They got a lot of opportunities to stack wins. Two games against the Titans, the Arizona Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Jets. The Texans going to be in the playoffs. Like, we need to start accepting that Houston is going to the playoffs. C.J. Stroud as a rookie, and that's why I think he absolutely belongs in the MVP conversation, but I don't want to steer us too far left. The Texans are the team that I have the most confidence in in making the playoffs. And that in and of itself is an indictment on the Buffalo Bills. Mm.
1: Is there a second team you guys want to put in there? You're not even ready to go there on a second five-win team, which would mean, which is not crazy now, you would believe Cleveland would drop out of it. Obviously, they don't have their starting quarterback. Great defense, as we know. Pittsburgh would drop out of it, which means Mike Tomlin, you're predicting a losing streak at some point for him, which good luck predicting that one. I think we're all kind of in on Kansas City, Baltimore, Jacksonville, and Miami obviously making the playoffs. Is there a second five-win team in the AFC now that you could see finding their way in?
4: I feel like I can't go there 100% because of the question marks at the quarterback position. Even even with a team like... You mentioned Pittsburgh. I don't know how I feel about Pittsburgh because I still have a question mark with Kenny Pickett. I certainly know about Mike Tomlin and his ability to extract the best out of his team, but I don't really know what I'm going to get from Kenny Pickett on a game-to-game basis. I can't go with the, go there with the Bengals until I know if Joe Burrow is going to play slash what the severity of this injury is. So I think the Houston Texans are the obvious answer because of the way they've been playing, because of, as CeCe pointed out, their remaining strength of schedule and the teams that they've already beat impressively on the resume and the way cj stroud has been playing i'm not going to count him out against anybody
1: second five winner for you Cece? No, no
4: there's nobody
1: no there's nobody and when you look the not
2: going to get in because mike tomlin that defense that they, they, they'll they'll find a way could to mike tomlin that?
1: get in the playoffs with just an espn roster so he was a lot of people here that no. played football. No. I'm just saying.
2: No. They just haven't played no in a no, while. lot of people that played. They can't play football now.
4: He's <laughs> great. He's all time great. He can't overcome us. Good. He can't overcome us. I'm saying yes. No, I'm no, saying Tomlin
1: no could get in the playoffs with an ESPN roster. That's how good
2: he is. Who's our quarterback? Dan O'Laskey? Oh, I know we ain't making the playoffs. <laughs> what about me? No, of course oh. not. No. We
1: got Troy Aikman. No.
2: Troy Aikman, yes. There you go, Troy. Yes, yes Troy Aikman. All right, I guys... believe that Troy Aikman can go out there and be better than Kenny Pickett right now today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, Troy me, Aikman let, is an amazing. Let, shape, let me not, let, let me let me not disrespect Kenny Pickett. He is an NFL player. I'm just going to say this: the Pittsburgh Steelers will get in. The Cleveland Browns are going to get in. Stacking wins early in the season matters, and both of those teams have done so the Houston Texans by virtue of their schedule and here's the other thing a relatively young roster that's finding their footing in terms of learning how to win they're going to get better mm-hmm. we haven't seen the best of what the Texans are going to be this year like Which think is about nuts. It, their 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 growth and their 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 curve in terms of improvement in the second half of the season is greater because they are a younger team relative to all the other teams that they're competing against in the AFC so I'm bullish on the Texans, and that's why I can't go there when it comes to the Bills or the, the Colts or the Bengals or the Raiders. You know, the Texans are the team. They are going to get that last wild card spot in the AFC, period. Which makes
1: yeah, – I know you said you didn't want to veer too left on this, but sorry, we have to bring this up. If he it gets them to the playoffs, he's an MVP.
2: I don't understand why everybody wants to move the goalpost when it comes to sorry. MVP for Stroud because he's a rookie. That doesn't make sense to me. It's like a Heisman I, argument. Remember, years ago it. they
1: wouldn't vote in a, an underclassman for the Heisman. Yeah, like, if that's the I, best I, player, vote him in. I, I
2: don't. I don't understand that. I mean, when you start trying to, you know, ball down what he means to this team, it's not just the overall team success and the organization turning it around, but he's got the individual numbers to support it. He's second in passing yards. He's top ten in passing touchdowns. He only has two interceptions. I mean, he doesn't turn the football over. He makes game-winning plays. We've got game-winning drives from him in successive weeks against the Bucks and the Bengals. What more do you need to see from C.J. Stroud? He's had his moments, and he has the numbers to support it. I don't get it. The Texans were a franchise the previous three years combined. They had 11 wins. They're going to be a double-digit win team this year. Why, why wouldn't he be an MVP? Because he's a rookie? I I just – I can't buy into that. I can't buy
1: into that. 888-SAY-ESPN is your telephone number to be a part of the show. Thomas in Chicago listening on ESPN 1000. What's up, Thomas?
4: Good morning, guys. I just want to say I love the show.
3: Thank you. I like Evan. I like Canty, but I love Michelle.
0: We feel the same.
3: Thank you. you. I just want to say that uh, Jimmy, um, 100% a Bears fan, so I support Jimmy. I think he's the one – or or Michigan won yesterday – um, and I also want to say one small thing about, you know, to Smalls. Sorry about Joe Burrow, Thank but uh, I, I don't feel bad. I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. I, say. <laughs> I, I don't think you're really that sorry if you don't wow. feel badly that he got sorry. hurt. Wow.
4: Smalls, I don't feel bad. <laughs> Smalls was trying. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. That was he, totally she sorry, was
1: trying sorry. to adopt the Bengals as her team and then, uh, yeah, play the results a little bit
5: after last night.
1: Uh, ben in Connecticut at 97.9. What's up, Ben?
5: Hey, just going to admit my bias right off the bat. I'm a Michigan fan, um, but this seems to be the the quickest judgment doled out by the Big Ten and
1: frankly doesn't make any sense unless uh, he was pressured by the other schools. So I single-handedly, I put this on Ryan Day and say they pushed this to get this done, but it really makes no sense for the Big Ten and Jim Harbaugh, and they essentially made him a victim in this situation at this point. Yeah, but you can't say it anymore because he accepted it. That's been Smalls' whole angle the whole show is that, like, if you're so innocent, fight for it. He
4: accepted it. if you're, and you're so innocent, fight for it because you said you were going to fight for it. This is what you've been saying all along. You yeah. said you wanted to speak at the hearing. You said that we were going to get litigious, that we have all these high-powered legislatures and lo- uh, lawmakers and lawyers behind me. And how dare you do this to me because I'm innocent? And then you accept it? That math doesn't math for me.
1: Right, and, and that's where you can't say that Michigan got screwed or anything like that because they did accept this. Uh, Jim in Buffalo watching on ESPN2. What's up, Jim?
2: Hey, guys. Uh, I just want to say that Jim Harbaugh is being a good centurion soldier by falling on his sword. It is not good for the NCAA nor any of these programs to have all this scandal. By, by just pushing it aside and getting on with playing football is the way to do this. And can I say something about the Buffalo Bills? Sure. Um, The Bills suffer from sins of admission and sins of omission. The omission is they've got all these injuries, Knox, Milano, Tredavious White. The admission is we admit that we don't run the ball very well. We admit that we let Josh Allen throw the ball too much like Brett Favre. We admit that we just don't have a – coherent offensive philosophy, and that's what they're dying from.
1: Yeah, and C.C., how do you feel about that? That's an interesting way of kind of looking at it. Thanks for the phone call, the omission, admission version of the Bills here.
2: Yeah, I mean, they don't have enough balance. They have no identity on the offensive side of the ball except letting Josh Allen play hero ball, and therein lies the problem. Like, when you're asking one guy to do as much as they're asking him to do in the way that they're asking him to do it, that becomes problematic. There was no reason for Josh Allen to throw that interception before halftime for the Broncos to set up and get three points out of the deal. There was no reason to force that pass, but he did it. And there are too many mistakes like that from Josh Allen to say that it's on the coaching staff or to say that it's on the supporting cast. It's just got to be on Josh Allen to curtail some of those inexplicable mistakes, those self-inflicting wounds. And until there's more accountability on his part – then nothing's going to change about the fortunes of this organization, which is why I cringe when I heard Sean McDermott say Josh Allen is going to be more involved, have more say.
4: Yeah, I don't know why they would give him more of a piece of the pie when the piece that they've given him he's thrown away to the other team. Yeah,
2: it's that pie from the movie to help. That's not the kind of pie you want to eat. That's the kind of pie they got. Yikes.
6: (laughs)
1: Christine in Minnesota on ESPN2. What's up, Christine.
6: Hey, quick thing on Josh Allen. I mean, I agree. What good is uh, getting rid of uh, the offensive play caller when he can't even uh, uh, perform? Josh Allen, I mean. And the other thing on Harbaugh, if the worst thing he was going to get was that three-game suspension, why quit now? He must have found out something. I agree with you, Smalls, and everybody else that he found something out in that meeting he did not want public. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say. I'll listen to you guys.
1: Yeah, and, and I think we're all kind of acknowledging that, like, like that he said, okay, well, I can't beat that. And thus the three-game suspension made more sense than not having the three-game suspension. And it still gives them a great shot at a national championship this year. Coming up, I'm over it sportsman like ESPN Radio.
5: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop.
1: Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court, it can feel impossible to keep up with. But we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC
0: News. Because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance each and every day at this time. Our producer, Pat Costello, tells us what he's over. But there is something going on behind the scenes. I have to – CC's shaking his head. I, I have to bring to light here because everybody on this show is into it and CC thinks we're nuts. I have made the statement that I believe that Mike Tomlin could take an ESPN team to the playoffs, so I am currently going through the entire ESPN talent roster to see if we can do this. I have a big defensive lineman by the name of Chris Canty, and the one person Chris Canty says better not be on that team— it's Chris Canty. No, uh, no, don't
2: put me on the team. <laughs> so, there, there ain't enough lidocaine <laughs> and tordol in the world to get, to get me back out there on the field. I have you starting. This dog don't hunt no more, not Ab, even for how Mike many T? times I gotta tell you, you, you get not to even play for P- Mike uh, Tomlin. I would try to dial it up for Mike Tomlin. You T. know That's, what I'm saying? For you, for you know he's my frat brother. You, I would try to dial it, it up for Tomlin. Him. But I know I couldn't do it, balls. I know I couldn't do it.
4: Mike Tomlin would find a way to extract that dog right And that
2: would be the scariest part because he would get me in the locker room and convince me with the rest of the roster that Evans is putting together that we can go out there and do it. And Guys, I need you to run through a brick wall for me. And I would try to. And I would break everything in my body, Smalls. <laughs> everything. I got a, I got a rebuilt knee. I got, I got a fused spine. And I got a reconstructed shoulder. Smalls is. I can't have it all fall apart again. I'm 24 surgeries in Smalls. I don't need another
4: one. What's (laughs) the (laughs) 25th? I am telling you,
2: you already got. What's the (laughs) 25th? I'm telling you. Wait till you see this team.
1: So there's a tease for you. Wait till you see this team. Pat, go ahead. What are you over today? I have work to do.
3: uh i'm over putting cj stroud in the mvp conversation already here we go i I think it's just such a major overreaction we're basically trying to reward cj stroud because the texans are less garbage than they've been for the last few years like they're five and four he's having a good season as a rookie but where it seems like we're trying to have like good quarterback fatigue like patrick mahomes or jalen hurts or these guys who are actually having unreal seasons with their teams um we're, we want to not give them the award just because the Texans are 5-4 and four right now.
2: Well, I, I, I'm not saying I don't want to not give them the award, but those guys also have a lot of turnovers that you're not factoring in. And C.J. Stroud has the best touchdown-to-interception ratio in the entire league. Not to mention, looking at the wins that the Houston Texans have... Nothing to sneeze at. I mean, they've they've got a win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, current division leader. They have a win over the Bengals. Bengals. They were a team that was in the playoff mix. They have a win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, another team that's in the playoffs right now. And the New Orleans Saints, if the playoffs started today, would be in the playoffs right now. They've beaten them, too. So, I mean, it's not as if the body of work is against the dregs of the NFL. He's actually beating good football teams. And he's having moments, especially late in games, that end up being the difference. And that's what you want to see from a guy that wins an MVP. Can you be the difference in closely contested ball games in your team winning? And C.J. Stroud has proven that.
1: I can move centers to guard, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Pat, here's, here's the question I would have for you. If I told you that there was a quarterback that had 30 touchdowns Four interceptions, his team won 10 games, and they were in the playoffs. Does that sound like an MVP candidate? Candidate? Maybe. But what, I mean. All right, let me take the candidate. Does that sound like an MVP? No. Oh, wait, a 30 to 4 TD to interception ratio, a 10 win team in a playoff?
3: That sounds like he could be like fifth in the MVP race, maybe.
1: That sounds like, a, that sounds like an MVP to me. And that's just basically doubling what CJ Stroud has done so
2: far. I mean, how just, is that not the MVP? Didn't, didn't the Eagles are already eight
3: and one. Th- the Chiefs are seven and two. Ten wins is not that impressive in a seventeen game season.
2: But didn't Jalen Hurts have thirty five touchdowns last year? And we considered him one of the MVPs. Yeah. If he didn't get hurt, he would have He would have won it if he. Didn't he would have won it. I don't understand. I, I don't get it. I don't, I, I don't get it either. Wins matter to me.
1: Okay, so is it what? What's the hangup? Wins or his place in the league relative to his age, like yeah. the fact that he's a rookie.
3: It's mostly the wins thing. I mean, like they're five and four. They're fine. They they might make the playoffs. Okay, might make the playoffs. By the way, do you uh, think
4: Pat that Tua is in the MVP conversation?
3: Yeah, he's in the conversation. And they have one
2: more win, and,
4: and against and no less quality one, opponents. One more
2: win, and they haven't beat a team over five hundred. Correct.
3: I didn't say he was the front-runner. He's oh, in, the conversa- okay. he in the conversation. But he can be in the conversation. CJ Stroud can't. It's fine okay. if you put CJ Stroud in the conversation. But, that's, but, but, but th- people, you
2: Ken, Ken, you said he was the front-runner. That's insane. But see, I guess that's my point, though. Like, It's, it's just like there, there feels like there's this moving to the goalposts because he shouldn't be in there. He's a rookie. Mm-hmm. We should like we, we, we haven't seen – it's only been nine games. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. That That's what it is. It's because we haven't seen him very long in the National Football League. Nobody wants to annoy him. Nobody wants to be premature right. in saying it instead of just actually looking at what's happening on the field. When you look at what's happening on the field and compare his body of work and his impact relative to what his team was coming into this season – versus the other people in the conversation, to me, it's undeniable.
4: Also, how his performance has elevated the talent around him. Yeah. When you Pat Mahomes in that conversation. But if you're going to compare the Houston Texans to the Kansas City Chiefs from a talent perspective. The Chiefs
2: have one of the three best defenses in all of football.
4: Correct. From a coaching perspective, I would say they have they, have they have upper They have a head hand.
2: coach that's won 100 games with two different franchises.
4: And Super Bowls. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I just don't know why we wouldn't look at the circumstances surrounding C.J. Stroud and give him the credit for elevating so many components of yeah, that. Yeah, I game.
2: guess that's the part. Like, why does context not matter when it comes to the MVP? How are we just going to exclude that? It's just a numbers thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the case, though. If that's the case, then why doesn't a computer just decide MVP? Whoever has the highest QBR, whoever has the most touchdowns, wins MVP. But it's not a computer award. No. It's given to voters because the context actually matters. And that's why I think it's fair to consider his team being trash coming into this season. I mean, outside of Tank Dell, people can't name the receivers and running backs on the Houston texas offense. They can't name them. So that like <laughs> like that matters when it comes to this dude and it and him being one of the front runners for the MVP award. Next. Uh Canty. Yeah.
3: You use steak sauce? This is completely unacceptable. Oh, come on, You man. go to steakhouses, and let's be honest, you're not going to mediocre places. You're going to top-notch steakhouses, oh. and you're putting steak sauce on your steaks. Well, this is egregious. This is possibly the most unsportsmanlike thing I've ever heard of.
2: Okay, what? Okay, Pat, Pat, I need you to give me a little grace on this one. It's not like I'm putting A1 on my steak. And I actually I do. don't put the steak sauce on the steak. I put it off to the side. Yeah,
4: you do a little and, dip. Yeah,
2: exactly. I do a little dip, and yeah. that's not every time. It's just some of the time. The so I'm like, I'm going with the bernaise. I'm mm-hmm. going with the peppercorn. Ooh. Sometimes a demi glaze sauce. You know, I like Peter Luger's guilty pleasure. You know, that, I keep some. I keep, I, I, keep, I keep a bottle in the fridge at home. But I don't drench my steak in steak sauce. I just keep a little on the side to dip it every now and again. And I made the point when I told you this. First of all, Pat... I told you this in confidence. I didn't think that this was going to be made for public consumption. I didn't think we were going to bring this to the airwaves because I was slightly embarrassed. But I also did say when my wife, Mel, pan-fries a steak for me, I don't put steak sauce on it because it's so damn good. So it's not every time I eat a steak I'm using steak sauce. It's just every now and again, and it's really just dabbling with the steak sauce. I'm not drowning my steak. I'm not drowning my ribeye in A1 steak sauce.
4: It's just an option.
2: It's an option. Option. There you go.
4: I love a steak sauce, and I love A1. I don't know why you're dissing A1. I think it's amazing.
1: Is, this, is using the steak sauce a knock on the chef or a knock on the person
2: using it? Just so I understand, it's a knock on no one. I think Pat's saying it's a knock on the person using it.
3: It's for sure a knock on both.
4: Oh, oh wow. So you're saying if you're, you're putting A1 the on, a, the chef.
3: yes, you're 100. You're saying you're you didn't cook the steak well enough. It doesn't taste good enough that I can eat it by itself.
1: Interesting. Wow. Interesting. Why do they provide I feel, steak I sauce feel at a tight. restaurant then?
3: I feel attacked.
1: They shouldn't actually provide it at a restaurant then. I feel attacked, Pat. Just saying. I think that's very interesting. Um, I want to confirm something. Mike Tomlin would get us to the playoffs. He will
0: get us to the playoffs for Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on SiriusXM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra
5: mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time.